This is Affliction Fiction, Fiction, a podcast regarding writers and artists who quite literally make their characters sick. I'm James Ewer. And I'm Jaden Abbott. On this show, we analyze illnesses that exist in fictional works such as TV, books, and film, and how they relate to the real world. And this week, we'll be taking a look at The Bug from Charles Burns' limited comic series, Black Hole. Black Hole is a graphic novel by Charles Burns, originally published as a limited series across 12 issues between 1995 and 2005. Set during the 1970s, it centers around a group of teenagers, including the four main characters, Keith, Chris, Rob, and Eliza, and other white people, and the consequences that result from each of them. It's funny because <laughs> Jaden has only casually flipped through this book, but I concur. My main thought throughout reading this was like, okay, the biggest issue here is that all these characters are white and they are so indistinguishable, all of them. And it takes place in Seattle, so like that should be reasonably diverse. Well, not according to this author. Anyway, um, it centers around these characters and the consequences that result from each of them contracting a sexually transmitted disease they refer to as the bug. The bug causes peculiar physical mutations in teens that are outwardly visible and difficult to conceal, leading to the ostracization of those who contract it. The unique thing about this particular affliction is that it affects each of the characters in the story a little differently. Each teenager who contracts the bug develops their own unique physical mutation that is distinct from the rest. As such, in the episode, we'll progress by describing the symptoms that affect each character one by one while discussing their closest real-world equivalents. Now, there's no definitive answer in Black Hole as to where the bug originates. I don't like how you say black. Say it again. What? I don't like how you said black. Hang on. (laughs) There's no definitive answer in African American Hole as to (laughs) where the bug originates. Much better. Oh, God. There's no definitive answer in Black Hole as to where the bug originates, but the first character we see with a case of it is Rob. But the mutation that Rob gets from the bug is also one of the strangest. He develops a second mouth on his neck. Remember, this is a graphic novel, so if you'd like to check it out from Bopes and read it yourself, you can see this creepy, gross mouth in all of its glory. But it's also described in words during a conversation between Keith and a couple of his friends. As this is a graphic novel, there's no audiobook, but we'd be happy to create one for you. Isn't that right, Jaden? Not again. Bringing the theatrics out two episodes in a row. So in this installment, Jaden will be playing the role of Keith's friend, and I will be playing the role of Keith's other friend. So I'm in the can taking a leak. And I looks over there, and there's Fashion Canny, checking himself out in the mirror. He's spaced, but he don't even notice I'm there. At first, I think he's working on a zit or something, but then I see something big he's looking at. Something real big. So I finish up and walk over to the sinks like, I'ma wash up, you know. And the guy just totally freaks. He's trying to cover up, but I got some good looks at it, you know. It was like a tiny little mouth right on his chest. Nasty looking. You're kidding, Fatchin' Connie? Yeah, couldn't believe it. Man, that is the last we'll see of that guy. He's got the bug for sure. Now, as stated previously, this does play, take place in <laughs> Seattle, so I have no idea why Jaden made the choice for us to play it that way. Mm-hmm. He also ad-libbed a lot, so <laughs> it should be said that if you read the book, it will be a completely different experience than this podcast. I mean, an inferior one, but a different one, that's for sure. Of course, there probably isn't any chance that anyone will suddenly sprout a second mouth over the course of their lifetime. But being born with a second mouth, that's a different story. According to Corinne DeRuiter of Arizona State University's Embryo Project Encyclopedia, there is a congenital defect known as diprosopus, or craniofacial duplication, which causes facial features to become in some way duplicated on the head. 
Diprosopus affects different fetuses in different ways. In the most severe cases, the entire face can become duplicated. Other times, it's only one or certain facial features. In any case, Diprosopus could cause a baby to be born with a second mouth, though probably not on the neck. That being said, Diprosopus, particularly in humans, is an extremely rare birth defect. Wait, wait, James, James, I, yes? I got it. So, do you know what what um, Mozart said when he had his first kid? What did he say, Jaden? He was he was changing, you know, one as a child does, and he thinks to himself, "Man, this is my diapers opus." <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Since 1864, fewer than 50 cases of diprosopus have been documented. The majority of infants who have developed diprosopus are stillborn, and of those who aren't, the condition makes it so that most of them don't survive more than a few hours past birth. In addition to Rob's second mouth developing later in life, it is also set apart by the fact that it seems to be capable of speech, albeit very lazily, and voices Rob's thoughts involuntarily. Infants born with diprosopus generally don't live long enough for us to know if their second mouth would be capable of speech, but it seems unlikely. Ultimately, we might say that Rob's second mouth is the means by which Burns sheds light on the thoughts that we wish to keep hidden, either from other people or from ourselves. That's good literary analysis. We should do a literary analysis podcast. It's going to be called A Fiction Fiction. <laughs> and Spoiler alert, it's less good than this one. <laughs> Rob later meets a girl named Chris at a party and has an intimate encounter with her, ultimately giving her the bug. In Chris's case, the bug causes small holes to open up on the skin along her spinal cord. Because this symptom is on her back, Chris doesn't notice it herself at first, but we hear about it from other teens who watch her go swimming. Okay, this is also another conversation between Keith's two friends. So do you want, are, we, are we sticking with New York City English despite the fact that they're in Seattle? Oh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know what the deal was, but Rick Ames was going swimming, and all of a sudden this Chris wants to go too. We're all watching, and there she is, taking her clothes off. She's stripping down to her underwear, and oh man. What? She's got it. She's got the bug. Her back was all messed up. The skin on her backbone was like breaking open. Ugh. Later on, one of Chris's friends lets her in on what she has on her skin, and she inspects it in the mirror. Jaden, do a Long Island accent for Chris. I see now every, all your your tens of Long Island listeners are going to know that I'm a fake Long Islander. Um, uh, I reached around and I could feel it, soft and open, a loose tear running up my spine. Not like a wound, not like anything. No resistance. I could slide my fingers up under it. Yeah. This is where my voice acting career kicks off. Oh, I'm looking no, at you, it is not. Nickelodeon. What are you? <laughs> Did somebody say Nickelodeon? <laughs> what the characters in Black Hole are describing sounds a lot like a wound, but wounds usually properly bleed and scab, whereas Chris just has openings on her skin. One possible comparison is called a puncture wound. According to Healthline, proper noun, a puncture <laughs> wound is a wound caused by a sharp, pointed object, such as a nail, needle, knife, or animal bite. These wounds are deeper than an ordinary cutter scrape and penetrate much more than the surface of the skin. Because of the nature of the injury, puncture wounds generally don't bleed very much or even at all. For this reason, they are particularly dangerous as they might not look serious and could appear to heal very quickly. The issue is that because there isn't as much blood flow compared to a regular wound, puncture wounds are substantially more prone to infection. This is especially true because the object which caused the wound may have been carrying bacteria. As such, it's important to get prompt medical attention for a puncture wound if you want it to heal properly, and a deep puncture wound is better taken care of by a medical professional than by yourself. 
As for the character of Eliza, she's another case that's similar to Rob in that she already has the bug from the first moment we see her in the story. Keith goes to a house where a group of college students live in an attempt to purchase drugs, and he runs into her there only to discover that she has a tail. Why'd you gasp? Because there are ellipses in the script, and I thought that this was my- I told you this is where Nickelodeon picks me up to voice Spencer Shea in the animated <laughs> iCarly reboot that I just predicted. <laughs> to be clear, if they ever actually do that, I am expecting royalties on that. Jerry Trainer is my favorite African-American actor. That stands to reason. Um, <laughs> you know what? I believe it. Um... And notably, it's a long tail, capable of autonomous movement. Here's how Keith describes it. Okay, before Keith describes it, I would just like to say this doesn't sound like a disability so much as like, you know, an extra appendage. I'm into it. I mean, yeah, in humans, that we're going to talk about that. Oh, dope. Yum. Okay, great. Who's, okay. Who's voicing Keith? Uh, d I'll, I'll do a Chicago. Do it. It was dark, but that didn't stop me from getting a good look at her from behind. I could see it, pressed up against the back of her towel. A long, slender shape tucked over to the side. It looked like it was moving just a little bit. Twitching. Humans, of course, don't have tails. Or at least, they aren't meant to. But all other primates besides apes do have tails. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, human embryos do have tails in the sixth week of gestation, with vertebrae contained inside. But over the following two weeks or so of development, the embryo loses its tail, and the vertebrate inside fuses together to form the coccyx, or the structure at the base of the spine, more commonly known as the tailbone. Every so often, however, a human is born with a vestigial tail, which is a fancy name for a tail that doesn't serve any purpose. According to Healthline, when an infant is born with a vestigial tail, the skin doesn't still contain vertebrae or any bones, for that matter. That being said, it does contain nerves, blood, fat, muscles, and connective tissue, so it is a properly structured tail rather than just a flap of skin. And believe it or not, much like in Eliza's case, some people who are born with a vestigial tail are able to move them on their own. It can't grab onto things like a monkey's tail would, but twitching in the way Eliza's tail does isn't out of the question. There are a couple of important differences between vestigial tails and Eliza's tail. For one thing, vestigial tails are only reported to have been as long as 5 inches maximum, whereas the illustrations in Black Hole make it clear that Eliza's is much longer. Another difference concerns their removal. Vestigial tails are treated differently depending on their severity, as a shorter tail may not cause any problems, but a longer one could cause difficulty sitting. The procedure to remove it is simple surgery. This can be done easily without any side effects. This usually isn't a necessary procedure since vestigial tails contain no bone and therefore rarely cause pain, but parents may prefer to have this surgery for their child for the sake of their attractiveness and normality. In Black Hole, however, Keith is seen to inadvertently break off a piece of Eliza's tail at one point, and she shows no concern because, according to her, it regenerates and grows back. This definitely won't happen if you remove a vestigial tail in real life. But it's interesting that Eliza chooses to frame the situation as a relief that her tail is growing back, rather than becoming dismayed at the fact that any attempt to remove her tail would be unsuccessful. Keith grows an attraction to Eliza, and for a while he does his best to avoid and resist her, but eventually she ends up passing the bug to him. Afterwards, he finds himself with growths on his chest that at first look like bumps, but eventually start to elongate and change color. Here's how Keith describes what happens to him. Chicago accent again? Oh yeah. Who are these Seattle people? <laughs> yeah, no, we don't care. Sorry, Seattle listeners, all one of you. Um, About a week after I was with Eliza, I started getting these tiny dark bumps up around my ribs. I tried to get rid of them. I used that stuff that you put on warts. I even tried cutting them off, but they were a part of me. 
They got bigger and started turning this purple-gray color. They looked like little tails, like tadpoles. Just from the illustrations, what Keith appears to have is lengthened bits of skin growing off his chest. In this way, you might say his symptom of the bug is similar to skin tags. According to Harvard Health Publishing, skin tags, medically known as acrocordons, are soft growths that hang off the surface of the skin from a piece of tissue known as the stalk. There are plenty of places where skin tags are known to frequently appear, and yes, the torso is one of them. Much like what Keith describes, skin tags do at first appear like tiny bumps on the skin that later grow into larger pieces of skin attached to the body over time. Just like in Keith's case, multiple skin tags can develop at once, though probably not all contained within the same area of the body. Because their cause is unknown, there's no way to prevent them from developing, and they're permanent unless they're removed by a medical professional. Although Keith states that he is unable to cut his own growths off, a doctor can remove a skin tag using scissors or a blade, though they may also try freezing or burning it off. However, skin tags are non-cancerous and don't pose any medical problems, so the incentives to have them removed are purely cosmetic. In terms of conditions that specifically affect the chest, we might say that what Keith is experiencing is similar to costochondritis. According to Szechuan Sauce Clinic, Hang on. Costa Mayo Clinic, we, up for debate in the round, costochondritis is a medical term that refers to inflammation of the cartilage that links a rib to the sternum. This always causes chest pain, but in rare cases, it can also cause swelling on the chest, which is known as Tietz's syndrome. Interestingly, costochondritis on its own most often occurs in people over the age of 40, but the swelling associated with Tietz's syndrome usually only occurs in young adults and teenagers, similar to how the bug in Black Hole is said by Charles Burns to be a teen plague that doesn't impact adults. As such, Tietz's syndrome might be considered a bit more similar to the bug than anything else we've mentioned, since it is known to specifically target adolescents. These are just four of the symptoms that the bug causes in Black Hole. Minor characters contract the disease and develop symptoms as well, leading to everything from webbed fingers to distortion of the skin on the face. If you'd like to take a look for yourself, the book is available at Bobst, and you can check it out just as soon as James returns it. I have it until July, so... Yeah, well... That's all we have to say for now. But what do you think? Do you have a question or contribution to today's discussion? If so, you can send us an email at afflictionfiction at wnyu.org. For now, I'm James Ewer. And I'm Jaden Abbott. Thanks for listening. And get well soon. Excerpts from Black Hole were written by Charles Burns and are property of Fantagraphics Books. Lover's Carvings by Bibio was written by Stephen Wilkinson and is property of Warp Records. 